Today is December 4th. It is currently on East Coast time, 12.04 p.m. Wanted to check in with my man Drew over here. We are two traders, essentially, just like everybody else. Uh, we're not hedge fund managers. We don't have tons of money. We're not throwing money at things that we can manipulate. We're just two guys trying to figure out where the market's going. Uh, and fortunately, we get two different perspectives on it, too. Drew is in Los Angeles. I, myself, am in Boston, where Drew actually... San Diego, I, technically, but... Oh, you're in San Diego now. Okay, cool. Yeah. I forgot you moved back. Yep. Um, we are... We are both traders long term, uh, but we have very different trading styles and philosophies. So, you know, figure we'd share this kind of information and contextual conversation with the world. So I'm going to let Drew just take a second, introduce himself and essentially let you know why you should probably listen to him. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you I'll give you all an introduction uh, and then we'll we'll have Chris give you an introduction. But my name is Drew. Um, I've been a, a trader uh, retail for about 14, 14 years. Actually, the first trades I placed were right before the 2008 housing market crash. Ooh. So I was, uh, I can say now I've, I've been through a full market cycle, which I think everyone needs to go through before they really invest serious money. But I, I completely agree. I like that philosophy. But, you know, my, my thesis is to find uh, really discounted value plays, value stocks. I like fundamentals. I don't, I don't believe in technical analysis. I don't believe in, in speculative trading. I, I barely dabble into growth stocks. This year is the first time or last year. I've, I've always been a value trader. And fundamentally, I, I look at I look at SEC documents, I look at balance sheets, cash flow, everything, everything that that a company uploads publicly. You better believe I look at it, and you should too. You can probably see me smiling right now because you know where this is going to go next. <laughs> anyway, um, looking forward to 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 getting into it with uh, with Chris over here. Yeah, and and then exactly what Drew talked about is is. Part of the reason why we wanted to do this, um, these are two very different people when it comes to trading. Uh, for example, I've been trading a lot shorter term. Uh, I got into it in college in 2010. I gave it up for a while. Uh, saw my dad go through the dot-com boom and, and burst. Uh, so that kind of scared me away until my college days. Uh, and then I gave it up again, um, probably for about... I'd say around five or six years, got back into it incrementally, right? Just little, little at a time. Started the way Drew kind of takes his trading uh, with value stocks, looking at company, uh, companies that would, you know, significant long-term growth and, and projection, uh, looking at companies with good roadmaps for solid year-over-year -year growth and return, also looking at dividend stocks. And then I threw that all away. So right now, um, as of 2021, and probably for the foreseeable future, I'm looking at stocks that are growth stocks, high growth stocks, large return on investment, large risk, large return. Um, you know, and I'd like to also take a second to remind myself and everyone else that uh, I was also the one that introduced Drew to Wall Street bets in my basement many, many years ago before playing a game like I think it was Prover Saves the Universe or something. Uh, and Drew learned the term YOLO and went bananas with it for a little while. And that was amazing. 
So Drew has seen the dark side. Um, I'm also big on, so my, my stocks that I invest in are typically tech stocks, high growth, um, very, very quick moving, very volatile stocks. And I try to keep on top of the day-to-day sentiment, uh, understanding where things are kind of going, what information they're releasing. And with tech stocks, they're usually releasing information on a daily or weekly basis that can move the stock in one way or another. So staying on top of that is kind of big. The other thing that I'm big on as of this year, uh, and also for the foreseeable future, as I've made a, a, a solid investment in it, is cryptocurrencies. So uh, I'm also the co-founder and COO of ATM Crypto Coins here in Massachusetts. We currently have five BTMs um, across the state and we're growing pretty rapidly. So that is a segment that I truly feel passionate about. <laughs> and you might ask yourself, why would I feel passionate about that? Is it the tech? Is it the way we're disrupting the banking world? Is it the way we're taking money away from hedge funds? And, or is it the way that we're allowing people to move money? I don't give a shit about any of that. What I really care about is making money. So at the end of the day, if it is a higher return on my investment than any other investment that I'm making right now, I'm going to invest more in it. And that's where it's been for 2021. Um, again, it's a roller coaster of a ride. So in July, I lost my shirt. In September, I got it all back uh, by September. And that's in September, I lost my shirt again. And currently, we're going through that same cycle. So it's win a lot, lose a lot, win a lot, lose a lot. And hopefully, in the outcome, you come out on top. But those are the ways that I like to trade. We should also make sure everyone knows here that we're not professional traders. Not even a little bit. This is not financial advice. Not at all. This is is not, it's barely advice, actually. It's not really even advice. It's going to be debating the other person's Uh, form of advice, essentially, and trying to tell you why it's ridiculous. So please do not take any of this as trading advice. We are (laughs) not certified (laughs) traders. Yeah. And on that note, I, you know, I'm always, uh, one of the things I wanted to do with this, um, with this podcast that we have going on now is kind of let people know that you should have your own plan. You should have your own plan. You should have a a profit taking procedure in place. Not when you think the market's at the top, not when you think the market's uh, almost there. It's whenever you feel comfortable. Don't listen to clowns like me and Drew when tell you to take money. You take money when you should take money. It's your money. Do what you want with it. So on that note, you know, take what we say with a grain of salt, listen to it. If you like it, disregard it. If you don't leave message, leave comments for us. If you don't, or if you do, I don't care. Let me know what you think of this stuff so we can make adjustments or maybe disregard your stuff as well. Um, so on that note, Drew, it's December 4th. It's December 4th. It's been a long week. Uh, can 2021 be over yet? I, I don't know, and I really kind of want it to be. But let's talk. Twenty twenty four is our year. Let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about what just happened. I, I feel like I get hit by a train. So what did just happen? In case you, in case you've been hanging out. Yeah, if you've been under, under a, rock, a rock. Yeah, if you've been under a rock, we've all been losing money like crazy. And can, can you can you share the screen your screen uh, and just see how we did like in the last week? I don't. Okay, you're gonna make me do that, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, what did, I'll, I'll what, show you what, one of my portfolios. Yeah. One of the pro, well, you can just show the Nasdaq or the, the crypto know, you index. Know you know what? I'm, I'm going to make an assumption here, and all of you tell me if I'm wrong. I'm going to assume that most retail traders that would listen to guys like you and I are using Robinhood. So let's just share my Robinhood screen for the last week. Okay, uh, what's this percentage? Oh yeah, good. This is nice. So I'm going to share my screen. And it looks actually, like I actually don't have Robinhood. 
So I'm down 12% this week on that portfolio alone. I've got a number of other portfolios, but this one took a battering and it's probably a good way to illustrate the damage that's been done. Uh, so down 12%. Down 12% on one of my portfolios. I, I'm down more money in, in many other places. This is a painful experience to share with you, but I'm going to for the sake of this conversation. It's not, it's not horrible. It's all red. It's all, it's all a sea of red. It's so, so, so let's talk about that. Omicron comes out last Friday. Um, Thanksgiving hits uh, last week, right? Um, we've got a number of different factors in the world right now that are causing kind of chaos. And in the middle of all that, on Thursday, we see the best day for the S&P 500 since January. And then following that, we see a tech sell-off. And we see a crypto sell-off overnight last night, right after you told me to stop looking at my portfolio. I did a mistake and I looked. It got bad. I lost like 10 grand last night. So, oh yeah. So let's talk about what happened, why it's happening. How is it impacting you and your type of trading? And I'll talk to you a little bit more about how it's hurting me um, quite a bit. Sure. Sure. Now, this is just what I think is going on, uh, at least in recent times. I think there's a mixture of things. I think what we've seen is a lot of tax loss harvesting, first of all, especially in industries that are already, you know, pretty far, pretty far down this year. So if, you, if you're... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, Kathy Wood. All of you, um, all of you dumping out for your tax implications. I, I see don't know, you. I, don't I know. see you right now, and I know you I, exist. I, I know that uh, I know that a lot of the portfolio companies that Kathy Wood has invested in, including some of which I've invested in, like Teladoc, have been just being hammered. Ionis Pharmaceuticals hammered this year. I think it's due to talk. I think it's due to two things: tax loss harvesting and paper hands from retail traders. Cause a lot of people went in there, thought that they were great. Maybe they bought into the ETF or maybe they went straight for the underlings, but they definitely, um, they definitely are taking losses. They were taking losses earlier in November, uh, starting maybe the second week of November. And then at some point they started buying presents or whatever, getting some holiday shopping in on black Friday Stuff started to go down a little bit. Maybe they had too much time on their hands, but they they definitely saw that and saw th- that you know they have some profits in other areas. Maybe in the areas Chris is going to talk about, but they ended up just capitulating. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing capitulation across different derivatives, and that's that's the one thing. So those two things are accelerating. And then there's all the other stuff that's going on. Omicron. Congress fighting, um, inflation, uh, uh, all these things, destabilizing activities, whether or not they're real or not. I don't know. I want to hear that from Chris, if he thinks any of those things are real. Yeah. So I like all of what you had to say. A lot of, a lot of what I think is, I mean, I haven't really thought about the tax loss harvesting piece just because it happens every year. It's going to happen year over year. I don't factor it into big markets, things like this, because I think the market's kind of adjusted for it already. Um, I, I think we, we're used to it, right? We're used to the Q4 fucking tax loss harvesting. Uh, it's, it's a thing that happens. Tax laws change as they change. Tax implications change. People sell off. They try to avoid it. Sure. I'm not 
phased by that. I haven't really put much stock into that, pun intended. What I have put stock into is the fact that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and tell you things that you can read uh, all day long. We read too. Um, but we, we will look into those things and obviously we'll have to discuss them at some point. Um, so one of those things is inflation, that big word inflation and the word that we're trying to stop using, which is transitory is becoming a non-transitory factor. This is not transitory. This is the opposite of transitory. This is permanent. This is a, a we are we have painted ourselves into the corner here in the United States based on all these stimulus checks that we provided, the way that we've handled the pandemic spending. It's the inflation rate has risen to a degree that can no longer be ignored by anyone. And that includes the segues to your point, retail traders. This has scared them to the max. They can no longer afford things they used to be able to afford. They can no longer look at a situation like gasoline, for example. They'll blame it on the government, and sure, but you can really blame it on OPEC if you want. I'm also in the gas industry. We could talk about that later. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's scared enough retail investors to take money out of the market that they thought was once red hot. All of that selling is causing a, a, an avalanche effect, right? Essentially, it's all rolling downhill. And as more people sell off, more people will sell off, and more people will sell off, and more people will sell off. And that'll drive the price to the ground. I don't know where the ground is, but I'm hoping we're getting close. Uh, just because I can't take this pain much longer, personally. <laughs> Not only that, and it's also the things that our government's doing too. So think about what's come around lately with government, right? We're talking about a lot of unrest in our in the U.S. politics. You know, just for those that might be listening that are in other countries, U.S. politics right now are very messy. Uh, and what they're also doing, which hurts industries that are not standard trading, a la cryptocurrencies, which I'll talk to probably at length every time we have one of these episodes, uh, because it's, it's close to what I do. It's close to how I invest. So um, they bury these small tidbits of, of law within things like an infrastructure bill. They'll bury that in there. It'll get passed silently. And then what it'll do is it'll hurt everybody down the line. This one hurts miners. This one hurts people that have invested in cryptocurrencies, how they look at their realized and unrealized gains for taxes. Uh, it's just a lot of situations that get kind of buried in these larger bills and silently pass through. And then at some point, you know, before they go into effect, which this one will go into effect in 2024, somebody has to raise the red flag and go, this is hurting more than it's helping. Uh, and then we have to do something about it. But that's the issue there lies. We then have to retroactively fix it, which had already passed. So things like that continue to happen, you know, behind the scenes. And what that does is it causes chaos for all markets. Uh, unfortunately, you know, for those that are in cryptocurrency, it's currently following the trend of the standard market right now. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, once the fear kind of dies down a little bit, it'll continue to move on its own. But for now, it's seeming to follow in a very direct relationship to the current market, which is in a free fall, if you look at it from any angle. So, you know, with that being said, those are the things I think are contributing. Those retail traders that are selling, by the way, uh, if you look at if you look at statistics, if you look at just standard time to investing statistics, those that hold stock or any type of asset for under 12 months lose money. It's almost a guarantee. So if you are paper handed, if you if you are feel like you're in it for the short gains, that's fine. Just know your likelihood of losing is very high. 
if you are, you know, as much as I like to be in controversial type stocks, as much as I like being gross stocks, even meme stocks, if I, if I, don't, if I want to feel crazy that day, which I didn't invest in game stocks. So I'm not going to take any credit for the gains that were made there. I had a little bit of money in AMC, nothing to talk about. At the same time, I, I'll listen to the meme stock crowd. And if I feel that it actually has some legs, I'll move with it. But at the same time, um, what you're noticing is all of those folks lost money. The, grand, the majority of them actually lost money because they didn't hold long enough. Even back, go back to the dot-com boom that my father lost a lot of money in. If I could go back and slap him in the face, I absolutely would. Had he held those stocks that he was so afraid that were just going to tank to go to zero, had he held all of them, he'd probably be a lot better off today. How, it, take, uh, it takes time. How long um, were you holding uh, or how, like what magnitude of, of equity were you holding before the coronavirus crash? Um, a lot less than I was holding. A lot less than I'm holding now. I would say probably. I mean, I would say probably uh, about twenty percent of what I currently have. Twenty percent. Okay. Yeah. So I, when, I probably five x it. Did you? And you held. You didn't sell anything, right? I didn't sell a dime. You didn't sell yeah, I, I, I sold a few. I sold. Let me let me preface this. I sold a few, but not at a game. I sold just because I thought they were losers and they were going to continue to lose. So I dumped some bad money. To make in in, in April, in April or March, though, when the market like got I, well, I sold nothing. I, I was okay, buying. I sold nothing. I was You're buying. buying. Okay. I was buying heavily at that time. Yeah. And that was really when I, you know, for better or worse, um, started my heavy crypto investing as well. Um, for worse short term, because it tanked in July and I lost my shirt. Um, you know, as I was just getting into the whole thing and then it came back around, lost money again, came back around and here we go again. So the roller coaster repeats itself. And frankly, look at data, look at trends. Uh, you'll see it's not, we're not too far off of what we're supposed to be at. Uh, what does that mean? And I need to share my screen. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, uh, you, let me see here. Because there we go. I think that um, you know where we got? are now. Here we go. This is Nasdaq, right? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at here. So is this a twenty-four hour minus two percent? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the, that was yesterday. Yesterday and one year. So looking at the year, you have to whole. look over here, right here. So yeah, or, let's look. Let's look at the year as a whole in the Nasdaq. So year to date is about seventeen percent at this yeah, point. It really is, which is which is an amazing. And that was my point earlier about tax loss harvesting because it's very rare you go into what you call the Q four tax loss harvesting season with twenty four percent gains. Exactly. You know? So this was slated to happen, right? And it kind Even of goes with, there. Twenty five. Yeah, and it goes with the saying that I really like I've, I've held on to for a long time. And it applies, you know, to the way that to the stuff I invest in, but it, it can apply to most industries, I think. When in doubt, zoom out, right? Look at it from yeah. a macro level. Don't look at it from a micro level. Yes, we're losing money right now. Yes, it hurts short term. Look at the year as a whole. Look at the last look at, five This is years. when your dad lost his shirt. Exactly. <laughs> he lost his shirt there. Don't get me wrong. It, did it, it never got back to that level. At the same time, when he sold, it was probably... Oh, it, it did. It did. You got to zoom there out. There we go. <laughs> when in doubt, zoom out. Look at yeah. what happened. Look at what happened. 
You're right. You're absolutely right. Look at that chart. Hey, ready, ready, ready. Yeah, he probably sold somewhere. I don't know. Let's let's call it that dip, that first big dip right there after the peak, right? The big one, the wide. Dip. This is this is in another bubble in twenty in two thousand three. <laughs> look at this. Look at this. This is in another bubble. This yeah. is in another bubble. Look at the mountain. Look, look, wait, wait. Let's see how much we're. So we're upset right now. We're upset right now. You're about to become a lot more upset. <laughs> if it goes down like it did in the dot com bubble I mean, here. Don't get me wrong. That was think a, about how that upset was we're going to be crash. here. Look at the peak and, and then crash here, that's going to come here, 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 here. And you know, look at the the, the other thing to, to take a look at is Whew. the other thing to consider is look at how long it held that line, that kind of very steady growth line through 2002 all the way to 2016, 2018. That line was held very steady for quite some time. And then all of a sudden in 18, things took off, right? See see this line right here? That's the line we just looked at, the NASDAQ. Mm -hmm. This is, this this line here is Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then take a look. So remember, this is the, this is what we just saw went up 25% this year. Are you trying to poke at what I like to invest in? I don't have any money in Amazon. So I'll just be honest with you. I don't. This doesn't hurt me. I, I neither. I don't think it's, it's, and now isn't the time. Look at that. Look at that. You can't even see where it started. Look where it is today. So it's, so when do you think this hyperinflation, space. when do you think these hypervaluations and hyperinflations genuinely started, right? So like, you know, looking at that graph, things seem pretty even keel from, for the entire early 2000s. So talking 2002, all the way to 2015, mm-hmm. 16, 17, 2018, something changed. What changed? I think there's a lot of of uh, new platform technologies, just like the internet was a platform, a mega platform. I mean, it, it enabled an entirely new industry to evolve. I think what we have now is technology is always sort of accelerating. It's been accelerating. I think more recently, communication and speed, data gathering, data, all that has been accelerating the general trend. And by the way, we're looking at tech right now. Yeah, like NASDAQ, not like like IT tech. And I want to get to and I want to get to I want to get to <laughs> but your, not IT to that. Tech. I want to I want to get to your bread and butter at some point today as well, which we you haven't shared this with with the audience yet, but it, it is biotech. Biotech, right? That is that is biotech's my I, secret sauce, and, and I, I want to get to and that I write I write in, about in a, little, it. in a little bit. Um, you know, let's keep talking about this tech because I think it's really good to have this conversation right now and to look deeper into that industry because it is such a widely invested industry that most retail traders have some form of money in tech. I have, I do have exposure through Tesla, through Microsoft, through Google, through Amazon, through through one of my brokers. Blue I, I didn't do it. <laughs> but it's been doing way better than what I've been doing myself. No, those are what we once called, <laughs> we once called those stocks in the dot-com, but we call those blue chips, right? Those are we your Microsofts. Those are your Apples. F- Fang, Fang stocks, right? Fang Facebook, stocks. Apple. Um, Netflix. Netflix. Netflix is always going to be a juggernaut in the tech space uh, with their streaming service. So there's no way around that. Yeah, but anyway, so the reason why I think these ones have just exploded over the last year. Yeah are first of all they're already doing well prior to stay at home 
stuff. And that's so people have fundamentally changed the way they spend their time for like the last two years more in front of a screen. So you're saying these phone. so you're saying those particular tech stocks are ones that are geared towards at home servicing of some no, sort. Not even specific. I think any any IT stock benefits from at home. Anytime people are not outside, are not, uh, you know, unless it's like an internet of things kind of thing. But I think if people are outside, people are spending time doing with their loved ones, previous activities. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're not every single method of reaching someone else. That's not present with you. Any of those companies that I mentioned that benefit from that. And you know, what's interesting about that is as soon as Omicron hit on Friday, um, and I know that we, we kind of catered this as a debate like a podcast, but there's a very hard, it's really hard to debate this. Um, when Omicron hit, the day Omicron hit, investors went right back to their COVID playbook. They dumped Delta, they dumped Caribbean Air, uh, cruise lines, they dumped all the casino stocks. What did they pick up? They picked up Zoom, they picked up Peloton, they picked up at-home services and goods geared tech stocks they picked up things that will allow people to continue to work from home they went right back to the playbook teledoc went right back to the roof but let's talk about that because what stock in your mind what stock (laughs) took the biggest battering this week docusign DocuSign. just got crushed docusign took a beating why did docusign take a beating because they cut their revenue forecasts i mean they're seeing less they're, they're not seeing the growth anymore. But the yeah. growth, but I mean, they're not seeing growth, but they still have growth. They're just not growing to their forecasted growth scale. So does the, then the, the market slaughters them to the tune of 50%? It, again, it's those factors like that people are shying away from growth. They're going back into value right now. They're going back into um, stocks that are going to be considered stale wards. You know, they're not going to, they're, they're low beta. They're high cap so like dow i bet if we pulled up the dow in the last month yeah it'll, it'll crush nasdaq or even s&p 500 because those are safety net stocks those are the high dividends they already have cash flows they have established business models they can rise prices with inflation um they have a, a large u.s presence so they're not affected by international uh kind of fluctuations I think if there is going to be an Omicron resurgence, which I, which I do, but I don't. I mean, it's, then... I think it's going to be variable, right? It's going to like, for example, today, I just saw New Hampshire state close to me has the current, um, has the highest current infection rate per capita, um, which wasn't the case for quite some time. I think people are becoming lax and I think the holiday gatherings really didn't help us with a new variant coming out. Um, so I think it's going to push off the presses, new variant 20. 20- it's, it's gonna soon. play in it's gonna play <laughs> it, it is gonna factor into our market though it is i don't know it absolutely is i don't think at least short term at least you saw it on friday eh paper hands there's well, paper no, hands absolutely paper hands at the same time paper hands move the market now do you not see what gamestop just showed everybody gamestop showed showed everyone there's enough retail traders to break a hedge fund Many hedge funds. Was that so, was that that was earlier in the year though? Right? That was January. That was this year. Don't get me wrong, but it showed something that we hadn't seen before. It showed that they were able to mobilize and that they had enough number and money to actually make the market move for I, the first time. I honestly think that retail retail trading, the numbers and the magnitude of their influence, has 
peaked in February, and that it's probably until, waned a bit. But there's until still, the next still market crash, they're they're going to be out of the market slowly over the next market uh, over the next market. I cycle. disagree. I disagree completely. I think they've actually found something that they like. Uh, they found, and you know, the other thing too is you get a lot of bag holders now. You get a lot of people that have lost money and are hoping for something to come back around. So what does that do? That causes them to continue to look at the market, something that they hadn't done before. What do they do when they look at the market? They invest in other things. I think we picked up a lot of retail traders that aren't going away. I think, um, I think we did. I absolutely believe we found a new level of retail involvement. And that has also been accelerated by um, these new platforms that have made it more accessible. When I started trading in the late 2000s, every trade I made cost $9. What were you trading on? Uh, Charles Schwab. Oh, you were trading on Schwab? Okay. Back in 2008, yeah. I was using E-Trade in 2010. I had had E-Trade too. Yeah. Uh, It's Um, it's funny how how far away we've come from that kind of stuff. Literally trading well, at this point is like using Tinder. I spent over $1,000 in commissions just trading stocks in 20, uh, 2008. And now what do you actually, it's all commissionless. It's all instant. I wanted to trade last night. All right, I saw you, this- you still have to pay a commission for options. For options, yes. That's something that we should probably get into on our next conversation as well. You are big on options. I am not, which is actually kind Man. of, it's counterintuitive considering how we like to invest. So yeah. we really should. Ex- <laughs> so considering right. considering that aspect, we, we really should explore that a little bit more. Um, one of the things I did want to get to biotech, though, I did want to get to biotech. So let's segment this off. Let's call Let's book. Let's, this, this, let's, this let's, chapter. Read, let's open a new chapter I, on biotech. I, I, actually, actually, I think biotech needs its own needs at least half of we, a second. Half of it, half of an egg. Let's do it. Let's episode. do a quick intro to, to I, I wanna, biotech right now, though. I'll give you an intro, but first, I just want to finish my thought on the state of affairs because yeah, the current state of affairs. Because I always, I always ask this to people, and I don't want to, I don't want to move on too much because we've got about, I don't know, ten more minutes, maybe. Yeah, I don't um, want to really kill this topic because it, it, it hurts. We all know it hurts. We're all looking for an exit in some capacity or some quick. Or we just start dollar cost, not buying anyone gifts this year and just putting all that money towards uh, dollar cost. Tell that to your your son. Let him know why daddy's not buying him anything this year. (laughs) If he could, if he could talk, um, he'd, he'd be more upset. I I think he would. I think think you'll also be upset if you don't get a gift. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'll, so I'll call it. I'll just tax loss harvest a gift for him. Yeah, but, uh, yeah here you go. <laughs> Final Bitcoin. But, but but my 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 question that I pose to you is: yep. Are we going to see a Santa Claus rally? I we think we are. I, I truly tell think me we why. Are. Tell me why. I think Inspire me. Inspire I think we me. are. I think we are. I think what we're seeing, and a lot of this plays into what you just talked about: Omicron being a blip on the radar. It is a big blip. It's a short term like pain. Mm-hmm. That we are going to get, but we're going to get past that so quickly. It's going to make your head spin, but it, it's going to have lingering effects, but not enough to keep us on this downward trend. Mark my words, this week is going to show quite the rally. So, and I truly believe that. Where are we going to see the rallies though? We are going to see the rally in the type of stocks I like to buy because they just got beat the worst. All of these investors are now seeing a for sale sign or like a discount sign over their favorite shares. Exactly. Right. Yep. So everybody now is waiting for Monday because this was a beating of epic proportions on Friday. Maybe not enough time to get people to buy that dip. 
but they are planning right now as we are having this conversation and about to post it to to buy that dip on monday morning watch for a big pop i really hope so but um but what what makes you say you think that just because because what, what have we dropped right now about 10 percent? like is it that's enough? a big drop that's a really big drop honestly it's 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 lower than the floor that i anticipated i knew we were going to see a downward trend after that day on thursday i didn't expect the day we had on friday though and i think that took the market by storm almost to the point where people didn't have enough time to react to it they didn't know what was going on well enough to make a move now they do the dust is settling People have money and they're ready to put it in. I'm gonna take a look here at like Bitcoin and then I'm Bitcoin do... got slaughtered last night. And and we and I and I still feel we're gonna end December over our all-time high set in September. Or in October, I mean. I think we're gonna see a rally across the board. The biggest rallies are gonna come in stocks that people tend to gravitate towards when they want return on investment. And they are exactly the ones you and I just talked about. Things like Amazon, things like Tesla, things like Rivian, things like, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about the EV stocks another time. I think that's a whole other thing that we really have to dive into. That's a, that's a, that's a conversation that's going to be tumultuous. It's going to be complicated. It's, it's going to be one that people aren't going to love us for. Um, but I'm okay with that because I think that it's a conversation that needs to be had. Not every EV stock is like Tesla. I will say that and end my rant right now on that part. Tesla is a unique company. They proved the concept. They brought it to the world. They did things that nobody else had even thought of. Just because somebody else can do it means nothing. <laughs> don't, don't look at my screen. <laughs> uh, you think we're not posting video. Anyway, um, but so, you know, on that note, I do think there is a rally coming. I think the future of this market is going to be good short term two years maybe three but as you just showed me with that that now the uh, nasdaq graph we are slated for problems and big ones and until we can get this inflation sorted out which i don't know if it's something we can really genuinely fix because of the problem we put ourselves into um i think we are set up just right for another perfect storm of pain that's going to be hitting the investors somewhere in I, I would say out past 24 months. I need to figure out how to do this again. <laughs> um, okay. So, okay. Knowing, let me, let me ask you the same question then, cause you didn't really comment on it. Do we see, to... do we see a, a, a bit of a bounce back? We'll call it a dead cat bounce. If you want, do we see a bounce of any magnitude leading us through the end of the year? All right, here we go. So I was trying to do the whole time before selling, showing everyone my email. You're still showing me your email. No, I'm not. Oh, yeah. Wait, no, I'm not. This isn't my email. I'm looking at your Gmail right now. (laughs) Are you serious? No joke. What the, how do you do this, Zoom? What is this thing? Right. I, I don't know if our video editing skills are good enough to fit. I can see the NASDAQ right now. Okay, perfect. We'll just cut out the last 10 minutes. <laughs> just the whole the whole episode. Let's just kill we, it. We, we, we can edit a little early. Just just you know what? Throw it away. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear us, bitch. Uh, this is what I was trying to tell you earlier. Um, so these are three categories here of um of basically 
either like Bitcoin is this light blue one. We got NASDAQ, this darker blue one. And yep. then this uh, purple one is Teladoc. And look at these, look at the relationships. Look at the relationships. See, they're okay. all vastly different. But no, they, there is a direct correlation. Teladoc, yeah, they're all down. <laughs> Teladoc, well, yes, but they all tapered towards the end here. If you look towards the very, the end of December, the last few days of December. Five but days. Teladoc met its maker earlier on. Um, why? Look at, that. No look, at, look, at, look at what happened in uh, November, right here. No, November 17th. That's where Teladoc met its maker. Ooh. Why? That's a really good question. Um, I think it's because of tax loss harvesting and just overall negative sentiment. I don't think Teladoc's bringing much to the table anymore. I think there's too much competition in the space at this point. I think they're not bringing anything to the table that's allowing, that's, bring, that's telling investors to put money in that stock. There is no roadmap I've seen from them that allows me to look at that stock and go, yeah, that's going to make me money down the line, be it two to five years. I don't, uh, not even short term. I, I have very little faith in a stock like Teladoc, as much as I have very little faith in a stock like DocuSign. There is no secret sauce anymore with these guys. They made something great, cool. I've worked for companies that have had, a, that have been a one trick pony. That mm-hmm. trick gets, gets old real fast. So unless you can start bringing something new to the table that investors can rally behind, you better either make that one trick really, really, really good. And so nobody else can do it or you better look for an exit because yeah, I mean, I've heard that, right. It has no mode. It has no mode. Well, you know, honestly, how does Nike or any brand at all have a mode? You know what I mean? Because like, Nike is a brand that continues to reinvent what the, the idea of a sneaker. There's definitely, there's different segments of sneakers that are constantly being created. Look at CrossFit. Now there are cross training sneakers. It can continue to develop around current events and ideas. Uh, I, I think I think telemedicine though has opportunities for creative growth. I've, honestly, I think the idea of telemedicine is a stale idea. So that's me telling this is us. This is us debating now. I think telemed, telemedicine is a stale idea. Also, even the most progressive people, and I'd like to think of myself as progressive, still want to see a fucking doctor, right? Telemedicine to me isn't going to solve my problem. Well, I don't know how long it takes for you to see a doctor in person, but for specialists, they rely, especially psych and things like that. They rely on telemedicine because a lot of people just can't go to the doctor physically. Either they have chronic conditions, they live too far away, they uh, can't afford it, or they're they're immunocompromised. But where do you go from telemedicine? Telemedicine is a one trick. It's one trick. And and a lot of people can get in on that trick. Well, DocuSign is one trick. It's a digital signature. How many, there's there's like, like there's, what, what did I just use the other day? I used some sort of platform the other day for a digital signature, wasn't DocuSign. In fact, I haven't really seen a DocuSign in forever. So that just leads me back to my original point, which is, What's your next trick? What else you right. got? You made money on that trick. That's good. But you got to have something else now. Well, you know, Amazon started as a book delivery service. Netflix started as Amazon a... is the furthest thing from a book delivery service today. They deliver everything. What exactly. Do you want? They'll bring so, it to you right now. I think any of these industries that are considered one trick pony, ponies can, can evolve over time and, and just leverage either their brand, their networks, 
their supply Pro- chain. I'd love for Teladoc to prove me wrong. I can't even I can't even picture a way DocuSign can prove me wrong. Not to continue <laughs> to beat that dead horse. But at the same time, Teladoc, maybe, maybe I'm not seeing it. Maybe I'm too short-sighted. I also don't really understand the metaverse. So let me just put that out there while we're <laughs> at it. So I'm not the person that you want to turn to for every idea. I know, I know that for a fact. I can't sometimes see the forest through the trees. Maybe there's more to that than I can see. But, I, but the thing is, the way investors are reacting to Teladoc leads me to believe they also can't see the forest through the trees. And that's the point. Yeah, no, I mean, that that amount of growth cannot come at uh, unlimited expense. I think that's the key for, for that. They can't just put money at it. And then at some point, they have, to, they have to turn a profit. I completely agree with that. You've got to show that you can continue to innovate in a space that is hard to innovate in. Uh, you've got to pivot a product that really can only do one thing. When, you're, when, you, have, when you put yourself in that position... It's really, really hard to get yourself out. And believe me, the market takes notice and they have just, I would be shocked to see Teladoc go back to its previous highs. Uh, I really would. And I just can't see that happening. That's why Teladoc won't get my money. But on that, on the same note, on as what we talked about earlier, while we have another two minutes, uh, call it two to five minutes, right? Because I do want to have some like closing notes. What's, what's your feel? We have... 20, we have 27 days to close this year out. I had to look to see what day it was again. I completely forgot already. Uh, we have 27 days to close the year out. What do you think? Where do we, what happens next? Who wins? Who loses? And by, by who you mean like what companies? What segments? What segments. What segments? You know, if you want to specify companies, feel free. But, you know, who wins this one? Who, who comes out of this alive? Not only alive, but profitable. Right. Um, so to first, first is, does, do we end green or red? And both are Christmas colors. Well, so. I, I think I think I was showing everyone the, the 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 graphs of these companies that I think people are are tax loss harvesting. We'll know that because after thirty days, which is the wash sale rule, mm-hmm. if I'm correct, anywhere between late December and early January, mid January, early to mid January, you should see a a bump, right? A nice pop. Yep. You should see a slow pop as people buy back what they just sold a month earlier for tax advantages and now for a much better price. You're really leaning on that tax loss harvesting aspect. We'll, we'll so I, I like it because I haven't put any thought or interest in it. Um, I really haven't factored that into what's going on. So it's nice to hear somebody else thinking along those lines. So if I'm right, I think actually next week is not going to be good for us. I think okay. it's, you think it's another bad. painful week. I think it'll be another painful week. Why? um fear more tax loss harvesting more um, more sell-off more just sell-off negative sentiment on the jobs numbers that came out a negative yeah, sentiment well, yeah, that's a good on, point the jobs numbers were very low i feel like the media is, is is adding a lot of fuel to the fire right now i think the market is kind of manic in general so it is when you when the in the media if if things are good it, everyone's going crazy but if things are bad everyone's going crazy and the the it's bad right now in the media and so that's going to negatively affect the markets 
there's just negative sentiment. It's going to be hard to drop that until we see like a change, either a major breakthrough in Congress or um, some, some new sort numbers. Of, on some inflation. sort of inflation. And you have some sort of inflation, like uh, deterrent at least, or, or or better job numbers or something. One of those three things, basically. I think so, if we see something, we've got to find a win. If there's a win there, then I think it's going to trigger a Santa Claus rally, a late one, not an early one. I think it's so going to be. So you don't see next week looking good. Next week won't look good, but but I think the the weeks to end the month will look better. They're not. It's going to be negative for the for the month. I think. Okay. But then January is where is where we're really going to pick up again. I think we might get another ten percent gain out of it. So let's keep talking about December for the next thirty seconds. In December, for those wins that you think are going to gain, where do we gain? What what industries, verticals, segments do you think? Come out with a trophy and go, we actually survived and actually made our investors money during this time. Um, I think that we're still going to see some issues with growth stocks. We're still going to see some issues with crypto. I think we're still going to see some issues with some of those meme stocks. Meme stocks, um, for sure. I'm, I'm with you on meme stocks. Nobody has time or patience for meme stocks when the market crashes. Meme stocks are for when the market rallies. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, exactly. I, I think nobody's even nobody cares about meme stocks right now. People just care about not losing their shirts. I think energy is going to do pretty well. And I, I like think, that one. I also uh, feel well. I about think energy. Dow blue chips are going to do pretty good. They're at least they're not going to be hurt as badly next week. Um, and then maybe. Maybe you, you might, depending on the holiday sales figures, you might see some bump in consumer Retail. discretionary. Yeah. I, I think the only thing I debate you on, I like the energy play. Uh, energy might be a good play right now. Um, I feel mm-hmm. confident that we're going to get a lot of our energy crisis kind of under control in the foreseeable future. Probably mm-hmm. mid to late 2022, we'll really have that under control, but we're going to start making strides towards that now. So if you're getting into energy, energy is a discount play right now. And I think that you can make money on that long term. Uh, I disagree with you on crypto. I think the investors that jump into crypto are a little bit crazy as it is. So mm-hmm. I think that they're going to go against the market. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to try and follow more of an asset as opposed to a stock um, type of investment. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's going to be an inflation deterrent or an inflation hedge. Um but I do think people look at it in some capacity as, a, as an inflation hedge. So I think that that's going to be a nice play for those that look at it that way um, mm-hmm. into the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, tech stocks, I don't know. I think they're going to come out neutral, to be honest with you. I think you're going to get a lot of what you talked about, which is fear. And fear keeps retail investors away. Retail investors mm-hmm. love tech. But there are retail investors who are a little bit on the more risk uh prioritizing scale, right? They don't mind risk and they're willing to lose something to gain something. So even if it's a mm-hmm. short-term loss, they'll take it to gain long-term. And I, and I, and I, and for those investors, if you're out there and you're listening to us, I thank you because that's the way I like to invest as well. That's the mentality that keeps us moving forward as opposed to moving backwards. So with that being said, I think there's going to be enough of those to counteract the fear selling. And I think tech will hold its line. Um, big tech or little micro big, tech or big, big tech will hold its line. Uh, large large cap tech. So small caps going to hurt. Uh, large caps going to be fine. And micro and small are going to hurt. I, I say if I were to put like those you know um, investor analysis like stamps on them, I say large tech don't buy, don't sell. Small tech, keep your eyes on it. That could easily transition to a sell to to avoid losing more money. 
Um, or a buying opportunity in the new year. Or a, exactly. Look for the pattern, right? I'm a pattern trader. I don't read company 10K. I could care less. I want to see a pattern that makes sense for long-term return on investment and short-term return on investment. I do like, I'm, I'm a human being in the 20, 21st century. What I like is immediate satisfaction. I want to see my money make me money now. So when I say that, I want to see a pattern that leads itself to short-term growth, but also doesn't do that by mortgaging its future, right? I want to see it grow over time as well, but I want to see a short pop in the meantime. Um, you know, it's, it's a growth slash long play. Those are hard to find. Those are rare. Look for them, find them if you can. And if you can, feel free to let everybody that you know in on it. So that way you make more money. Um, that's one of the other things. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. This week's hurt. It's hurt a lot. It's hurt everybody. And then that, that's a rare situation. Think about that for a second. When has every industry hurt like this before? Not often. So my closing thoughts is stay calm. This is a market beating. It's a beating from all angles. And there's a number of reasons for it. But I also think a lot of those really valuable stocks and really valuable asset classes were punished unfairly. And you will see that come to fruition in the near future in the next two to three weeks. Uh, I think those are the ones that you'll see come back when you realize that there was no reason to punish them the way that they were. They just were a product of a burning market. So keep calm. Everything will be fine. Don't take my word for it, though. Do your own due diligence. Invest the way that you feel comfortable. Take profit or take losses as you feel comfortable. It's not my money. It's your money. Do what you want to do with it. Great. I think my uh, biggest piece of, of, of just what I would do is I would think about long-term gains, you know, don't be short-sighted. Don't, you know, take, unless you have to cover there, there are great tax loss harvesting strategies, especially if you don't think there's going to be a rally coming up soon. Um, I think if you, you know, there's just as much of of a chance of the market just continuing this path for the near term. And by near term, I mean the next six months, there's the potential of that happening. Just continuing its downward spiral. Yeah, it could happen. It so very much makes could sense. happen. It really could. It definitely could. I, I, and as much as I hate saying that because I have enough money buried in the market that I don't want it to do that. That's a real, that's a possibility considering where it's going. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I know you guys I don't think, want to hear that. So I'm sorry to everybody listening to this for listening to what Drew and I are just talking about at the moment, but that's true. And, and it's the reality of what we got ourselves involved in. And I think that, you know, we'll, we'll see that over the next couple of weeks, you know, who's going to be able to, to, to hold with the long-term focus, long-term tax benefits of holding and just making the market more stable. You know, it's been a very unstable year. It, it really upsets people like myself. It doesn't Ooh. upset me, though. <laughs> I, I thrive in the chaos. I really do. That's, I got more involved in the market this year than I ever have because I saw opportunity in the crisis that was 2022 or 2021, 2020, right? That created a market that was unpredictable and profitable for a lot of people. So as much as you might not love the crisis, it did provide some really great buying and investing opportunities for people like myself. Right. Because, you know, those businesses needed help. Absolutely. We we invest in some great new disruptive technologies, many of which are not doing well. But anyway, that's disruptive technologies come after you survive. Right. Right now we are in survival. Right. Right. 
Think of it as hunter-gatherer at the moment. Right now, what are we focused on? Focused on living, getting through this pandemic as best we can, and taking the least amount of damage from it. Once we're through it and we can go back to our very comfortable lifestyles that we had before this, right? The ones that we didn't think about wearing a mask when we went outside and who's got a, who's got a cough and run away. Um, once we get past that, we can go back to thinking about things that can move us forward. And those progressive disruptive technologies will come back to the fold. Right now, they're going to take a beating. But look at the stocks and investments that have held their line through the pandemic and through it all. Those are the ones that have had great long-term roadmaps, be it tech, be it retail, even biotech take a, took a hit. But some biotech companies did not take as big a hit as others. It's a good read. It's a good time to step back and look at why. Look at those mm-hmm. companies. Look at the reasons why they've held the line so good. So as well as they have so good. That's ridiculous. And 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 then establish yourself in more companies that show growth patterns in the same way. And on that note, this is Drew signing off. This is Chris. See you it's, next week. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon.